0: Welcome to episode 141 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. I'm Chris and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up at the night sky and this podcast is for anyone else who loves going out under the stars. How was your week, Shane? Oh, it was pretty good. How about yours, Chris? Yeah, it was uh excellent. <laughs> Actually I ended up doing uh, some observing last night. Uh not sure if you were able to get out this week at all though.
1: No, I didn't. Um as I was mentioning to you last night was like a really nice night out, but uh, we had some, some company over visiting and, uh, that took, that took me away from the telescope, but, um, I was hoping that you were able to get out cause I, I know you're out at your site and, uh, wasn't sure if you had a telescope or not, or if you oh, yeah. what kind of, yeah. Okay. So, uh, did you get out and, and see some stuff?
0: Yeah. So I was kind of telling you, uh, sort of the preamble to this, uh, that uh you know on friday night when i was kind of making up the notes um it had cleared out just a little bit i was kind of thinking what are the chances it would it would totally clear off and uh, then yesterday it seemed like it was gradually clearing throughout the day and by evening yeah it was uh pretty much clear and uh kind of as we were making dinner i uh texted mike and said hey like what do you think and he said yeah it looks it looks pretty good and kind of asked if I was going out. I said, I'm already out. <laughs> so he, uh, he ended up driving out pretty late. Actually. He, get, he got out here, uh, about, uh, just about an hour after, after darkness, cause we didn't really have much of a, a plan. We had no plan. And, uh, so anyway, we, we set up and, uh, yeah, we observed until about 1am.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So what did you look at?
0: We looked, at everything i mean we've had such terrible uh smoky ashtray skies here for uh the past uh, three weeks really and so uh we end up uh you know spending a lot of time looking at uh you know just like the summer favorites like the lagoon the Trifid, um you know the star clouds and sagittarius and scutum and uh you know like the uh m17 omega or swan nebula uh the Eagle Nebula, Bronchi's Cluster, the Coat Hanger. I put a broadband filter in, looked at, looked at some of those that are nebulas, and then uh, took a long look at the uh, North American Nebula because it's pretty oh. much right overhead.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went up, in yeah up in Cygnus. Yeah. Sig-
0: yeah, just off of Deneb. And uh, boy, I think I had one of my best views ever of it, actually, last night.
1: Wow. So were you, were you using your new broadband filter?
0: no. No, okay. um, I, I don't even know which one I was using. Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot of uh, two-inch filters, and I'd thrown just a couple in in, uh, in a bag, and I, I grabbed the one that, was the, that I figured was the broadest band.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: And so I, I just uh, put that in. Um, yeah, I think it's an older one. I know it's an older one. It's a really old, uh, it's like a UHC, but it's even broader than a UHC is. So it's, a, it's, it's really a broad band. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could, you could really see the outline of, of that North American feature, especially like that Mexico area, just like a, like a bunch of clouds up there in Cygnus through, through the 60 millimeter. Yeah. Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. That that's a, that's a really cool nebula to look at, but it, it can be a little challenging because it's certainly not bright, but it's huge and it, it has a really interesting shape to it. Um, but I, you know, to be honest, I don't think I've really ever tried to yeah. look at it much outside of like really dark sites like grasslands national park.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's well visible. I mean, you can see it in binoculars from any kind of decent dark site from, from down there. I mean, you can see it with your, with your naked eye It's yeah. right up overhead though, right now. And I, I, uh, I don't know, but I didn't bring a chair out with me or anything like that because we're going down to grassland soon and i didn't want to uh like too much stuff out here um i didn't want to lie down in the cactus to to take a look so yeah. so i just had it uh headed in the telescope uh, yeah it's pretty good view yeah really good
1: well that's awesome uh how did the planets look last night
0: yeah yeah mike put it uh put jupiter in his uh do you know which is is his the FS seventy eight or is it another version? I feel like it's not an FS seventy eight. I thought
1: I thought it's the F- I thought it was like the F- FC or something like that. I, I don't it know. Must
0: be. Yeah. Yeah, it must be. Because my 60, i I've looked through several of the F- FS and I own the 60 FS. And uh the yeah, the FCs I think are my my hundred is a DC. Yeah, so it must be the FC. It that's a beautiful, beautiful telescope. So we actually spent a lot of time looking through it. He's got it on a, oh. he's got it on a whole different setup. He bought one of the M2C Eldas mounts from Stellarview and the uh, the custom wood tripod and pure that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it looks it looks so beautiful. It's such a beautiful looking setup.
1: Yeah, I'm wrong. I think it is the FS. The the FCs are the the latest models.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. It might even be older than a than an FS, but maybe maybe it is an FS. But it that that is a killer killer telescope. Yeah, we look. We could see like quite a lot of detail, like in the bands of Jupiter, mm-hmm. uh, like in the equatorial zone. We could see like uh, some barges, and we could see, uh, you know, just some of the fine, really fine detail there. We were using just like 112 power in it, but. Uh, man it was it was really really good had a long look at saturn as well um could see the cassini division running around it you could see like the um i think it's in the northern zone it's kind of like a bit of an orangey band up there yeah it was pretty wild yeah really nice really nice
1: Hmm. well it's great to hear finally (laughs) you know that we're getting some observing in around here and uh Man, I really wished I I was free last night to take a telescope out. That would have been great.
0: Yeah, I think it was like one of those nights. It's you know we're still in we're still just well getting out of the period where you know we go from being at full moon to actually having a couple hours of dark skies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little bit off, like virtually everybody's radar that that this happens every spring because I know uh, the observing committee for for the RISC that I sit on they wanted to have a meeting last night. Um, and they were sending out the reminder and I was like, folks, I think everybody's forgetting two things. This is a long weekend and we have two hours of darkness that the moon doesn't rise. Um, in, in, you know, in in our neck of the woods in in Canada right now until 1230, it's pretty much dark enough to observe at about 1030. So you got, you got like two hours of darkness here to observe and we're going to have a meeting. (laughs) Like, what are we doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) Uh, So,
0: yeah. Anyway.
1: So are you, uh, I assume you're staying out there tonight.
0: Yeah. yeah stay out there, out here tonight. Um, got a little bit of uh cloud bands that are passing through and, uh, I'm pretty tired though. Like it was, it was a long session and we did, you know, we were milking it for everything that was worth because, um, you know, I wasn't sure if the smoke would move back in and I wouldn't, I wouldn't see the stars again for a month or, or what. So we, uh, you know, we were really going from one object to the next and uh, spent a lot of time looking at like the double cluster. And And Mike had uh, M31 in um, for probably the better part of uh, 20 minutes or so and um, tried a whole pile of different magnifications. But he's man, that telescope he's got set up is it's really, really cool the way he's he's kind of uh, configured it because with the tax you can. You can configure them. They're pretty customizable. So he ended up getting uh, one of the TOA 1.7 uh, extensions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you know that? Did you know he bought? I, did, I didn't know he bought one
1: of those. No, no, I didn't know he had one. I was aware you know, of that, I guess, option, but um, that's awesome that he has it.
0: Yeah, and he, he also bought, I should have looked it up, but he bought one of the Vader, um diagonals. It's the one with the white housing on it. I forget what one that is, but, he, but anyway,
1: it's a um, two inch, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just their, like their regular mirror. Um, I'll just look it up here. Keep going.
0: Yeah. Well, boy, I'll tell you their regular mirror and that TOA extender in, in a little tack, uh, 78 millimeter is, uh, is an amazing combination. Like he had Jupiter in there and I'm bringing my eye up to it. And you know, at, at first, I think, you know, there there is a streetlight here that's about maybe a mile away, maybe a kilometer away, somewhere between a mile and a kilometer away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought he must have had the streetlight in there at first because it was so, like, I'm bringing my eye up and I'm like, this is really bright. Like, there's no way this is Jupiter. And uh, I just couldn't believe how how bright images were through the, the scope. And I don't know why, but that telescope seems like, even lower power seemed like for some reason, like higher magnification. So he had 50 power in and I said, Oh, like when we were looking at Jupiter and you could see the bands and you know, like really clearly in a lot of detail. And I said, Oh, what power is that? And he said, Oh, it's just like 50 powers. And I said, "Are you sure? Like to me, I thought it was more like 75 or 80 power. Like it definitely, um, uh, the images are extremely, extremely bright and uh, and very sharp through uh, through the scope. The way he has it set up with that diagonal and that uh, TOA extender, um, I got to say, I'm definitely buying one of those diagonals now. They're I think they're pretty expensive as far as like um, you know the the uh, the lower range any kind of product. I think that uh, that that's got to be um, one of the best diagonals out there. Uh, I think they're still, uh, pretty expensive, uh, just, just to get into the, the Bader diagonals, but, um, I love the look of it. I like the white, like as soon as he's, he, as soon as you put it in, I'm like, that's one of those beta diagonals I've had my eye on. So there's much of a difference with a diagonal, but, uh, but man, that one really performs. And I don't know whether it was, it, it's a nice combination with that telescope, you know, um,
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that image last night really, really blew me away.
1: Yeah, and, and maybe just to clarify for everybody listening, the, um, the telescope that Mike has is a Takahashi TS-70, or FS-78. And uh, I think maybe it might be a version before that even, but it's similar to my uh, current um, 76 DCU. Uh, just, it's, the, it's one of the TAC models that predates this one. Yeah. And, uh, I would, I would love to actually observe with mine and Mike's side by side. Um, I, I doubt there'd be any difference, but it'd be kind of neat to just see the, the different generations, uh, you know, observing the, uh, the same objects. Yeah. And, and I'd like
0: uh, to go, oh, go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, you know, running my 60 against it, you know, um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely gives just a huge jump in resolution on the 60 and, yeah, it also seemed like much clearer so I don't know whether that, that was the diagonal or the extender or what because I was just running mine in f5.9 um anyway mm-hmm. sorry. yeah I
1: was just going to say the the white beta two inch diagonal is 265 euros um so that's not too bad the um that bbsh or hs uh two inches 450 euros Um, so they, they have a couple, a couple different models of two inch diagonals. Hmm. And, uh, you know, both of them have the click lock that you and I really like a lot. And, uh, um, you know, uh, when it comes to diagonals and, and, uh, well, you know, a few other things from Bader, they just, they really make some good stuff there.
0: Yeah. He was actually the only complaint he has in his system now, um, is how the uh diagonal goes into I think it goes into the extender anyway, just how that arrangement is. So I was I was showing him how I have the click lock on my uh on my tack there. And uh so he's gonna I think he's gonna pick up one of those. I think they're just like sixty bucks or something like that. And uh yeah, because he was he was struggling a bit with things kind of rotating around. You kinda had to watch this the the set screws. Um but with the beta click lock you just kinda you know turn it and forget it it's all all good
1: yeah yeah for sure it's uh it's a good system
0: yeah yeah so we uh, yeah we looked at uh, m31 and the satellite galaxies what else do we look at holy cow like we looked at a lot of stuff uh double cluster stock two looked at bronchi's cluster looked at um uh, looked at m4 looked at m22 for a while the globular cluster there in sagittarius um, Mike hunted up uh, M51 towards the end of the session you could see um, pretty clearly like at 50 power like the satellite galaxy The I think it's five, 5195 or something like that uh, or the I shouldn't say satellite it's just like a nearby background galaxy they used to think they were attached but anyway, yeah, yeah saw that um, and I kind of went in my telescope over just to uh, the general area of M81 and M82 thinking I'll try to go and look at them and pretty much had them centered. And, uh, you know, that was just a 12 power and you could, you could see them quite clearly, um, at just 12 power in the 60 millimeter. So I kind of feel like that's a pretty good night, you know, and pretty decently dark sight when, when you can see those two, uh, those two galaxies, uh, you know, that easily. So yeah, pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, pretty cool that you had two different apertures going there with the refractors. It's all, I always enjoy comparing, uh, the views through different apertures as well. And just, uh, you know, certain, certain objects look better with the wider fields, you know, and, and certain objects will look better with the bigger aperture. And it's just kind of fun to, to go back and forth like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there are some things where the 60 really, um, provides like a cool wide field view. Like I put the, uh, uh, the water jar of Aquarius in there it can fit that very easily in, in the field. And so we had just just to look at that. it's just an asterism, but you could see the whole thing um, you know in your telescopic field at the same time. You're not squeezing it in. it's, it's right in the center. so it's kind of kind of a neat observation to make. Um, and then the star clouds, like I said looked at uh, like the Scutum star cloud with M11 um, looked at uh, the Sagittarius star cloud. And uh, I looked at some of the dark nebulas up by uh, up in Aquila. I might put uh, Barnard Z uh, in there. So we had we had a look at that. Uh, um, looked at the big nebulosity around Gamma signa. That one was a little a little tough, you know. There's still like a little bit of smoke around. Probably if that smoke hadn't been there, um, would have been a better a better view. But just like the star clouds up into. You know, uh, Cygnus, were, we're pretty good, um, you know, up in top of Afyukas there. In the-
1: Maybe let's move on to our upcoming trip here. So we are going uh, to Grasslands National Park West Block this coming weekend. Um, I think I'm going to show up on Friday and probably do two nights there and uh i think i'm going to bring my teleview genesis sdf uh it's a 101 millimeter f uh, 5.4 or something like that um yep. and then just my regular eyepieces you know um i'm gonna bring my my wide field stuff but also some of my um kind of simpler glass like orthos and, and that sort of stuff and um uh, I think I'll, I think I'll probably bring my little board as well, just for some super rich fields and, mm-hmm. um, maybe a solar telescope. I'm not too sure. I haven't really thought too much about the daytime, but, uh, usually I throw in a, a solar telescope. So there's a little something to do during the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the, the other usual things like, uh, you know, the mount, the chair, uh, my observing table, a few little things like that. But what about Double you? Top. What are you, what's that?
0: Double. binoculars? You gonna take any binoculars with you?
1: Yeah, I always bring my twelve by thirty-six cannons. Um, You know, one of the like great things too is is just using them during the daytime to sometimes uh, check out some of the wildlife or or the you know the just the scenery around uh, the park is you know quite nice to to look at. So yeah, for sure, I'll bring my binos, and um, that's probably about it though. How about you? What are you planning to bring?
0: I think I'm gonna bring my eighty millimeter f five for for a couple different reasons um i'm going to give some presentations and then there's going to be some some observing i think i think mike's going to bring one or two scopes and uh you know if you're bringing that then i'm actually i'm actually planning to steal some views from you guys um (laughs) i hope that's okay
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah for sure for sure
0: and i i I'd, uh, I'd wanted to take uh the little eighty millimeter f5 down there for a long time and and kind of get some of those wide field views in um and i just i just haven't bothered to do it yet in the in the sort of two years that I've had it so yeah that's kind of my plan there and uh take a pair of binoculars and and my uh observing chairs and and be able to just recline and you know just just do some observing uh you know, it was really fun last night, and I think that uh, you know if these skies uh, stay the same or or keep improving, then I think we'll have some good sessions.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the smoke will probably be present. Um, hopefully, it's not too bad overhead, though. Um, we may lose a little bit of the horizons because I, I really don't think the smoke is going to uh, clear out um, by that point in time and, and going in that direction from where we are right now, we're kind of going more towards the sources of of the smoke. So it might even be a little worse there, but, um, Mm -hmm. you never know, right. Until you get there. And, and sometimes all it takes is a little bit of a rain shower, uh, to clean the air, to take the smoke out of it. And then you can have a really good session. So you just never really know.
0: And they are supposed to have some rain just to the West of there. Um, I think tonight or tomorrow or tonight and tomorrow, like quite a bit, um, you know, so then by the time we're in that area, uh, it, it, it could be one of the better spots and hopefully, you know, hopefully the, the skies improve not only for, for us to do astronomy, but for those that are, uh, that are, that are living closer to those fires.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, part of me was even thinking I might leave Thursday, you know, just kind of keep an eye on the forecast and, you know, if Thursday, Friday are looking like the better nights, I might end up doing that. I'm not sure. I'll just yeah. be flexible is kind of my plan.
0: Yeah, know that would be, uh, yeah, that would be something to keep in mind for sure.
1: Yeah. Is yeah. there any, uh, lists or objects you're wanting to check out while we're down there?
0: I don't know. Um, you know, I'm kind of struggling with it just because of the, the conditions, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, I'll take a look and see. I've got like a few projects on on the go and uh, I'm bringing the the 80 millimeter down. So I'm going to look and see um, what I might do is just kind of revisit some, some objects that are best seen in as wide a field as you can get. I figure that's where the 80 millimeter excels. So um, yeah, I've, I've been enjoying looking at the star clouds. I might just kind of spend a lot of time uh, looking at the star clouds, maybe I'll take a look at, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at IC 1396 there, where the Elephant Trunk Nebula is?
1: Uh, I don't think so. It's not standing out.
0: Yeah, up in Cephas, it's around Herschel's Garnet Star, mm. in that general vicinity, um, sort of in in the area between Cephas and, uh, I guess, Lacerda, or maybe part of uh, uh, Cygnus. Uh, that's that's a pretty neat spot. So I thought you know, I'll I'll kind of take a cruise through there, um, take a look at some of the you know bigger bigger objects. There's the heart and soul over by, um, uh, I guess it's it's on the Perseus uh, Cassiopeia border. I think. Um, you know, and in that general area. So that that's kind of my plan if it's actually looking like it's going to be clear. But, you know, if, if the skies are compromised, then we're just going to be showing uh murky planet views anyway, and, you know, going a bit early. So, um, you know, try, like you said, trying to be a little bit flexible in 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 my plan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's the best thing to do when conditions are not guaranteed to be, you know, as good as we're used to uh, when we go down there. So, Um, hopefully no matter what the planets will, you know, will be observable even with a little bit of smoke in the air. I I think they will be. Um, and then typically, even when the smoke has been here, you know, straight overhead, you're looking through a little bit less atmosphere. So sometimes it's a little bit better right overhead and you get a, you know, somewhat compromised sky or narrower sky, so to speak. But, um, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to get some observing in no matter what. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It sounds good. Uh, yeah, I got a bit of a book report here too, if you're oh. if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. So uh I'd actually bought this book. Um it's called uh it's an old book, no longer in print, uh Deep Sky Observing with Small Telescopes by David J. Iker, um, and the editors of Deep Sky. So Deep Sky used to be um an an old uh observing astronomy magazine predating Astronomy magazine. I don't know if you, you've ever seen any copies of that.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. So there, it was around who oh, in the, the eighties. I can't remember when I, It was, it predates my time in astronomy. Um, but I went and have picked up a pile of them used. There used to be this great used bookstore uh, near my workplace when I lived in Ontario and they had stacks of them and I went and pretty much bought them all. Um, anyway, uh, they had put out this book on deep sky observing with with small telescopes. And the focus is uh, essentially instruments between two inches and six inches in aperture. Hmm. And I forget how many objects. I feel like there's like a thousand objects in here or something. Um, but they the book is a little bit different insofar as um, they broke up the deep sky objects. Uh, they broke up the deep sky objects by object type. So you have like a chapter on globular clusters and a chapter on open clusters and a chapter on planetary nebula and a chapter on galaxies and and that kind of stuff and then um, each chapter kind of has uh, a bit of an introduction about that type of object um, some, you know and some general information and then like really a, a good section on how to observe those uh, that type of object and then uh, followed by a pretty lengthy list. Highlighting the, the best objects and and dozens, or sometimes I think a couple hundred uh, of the, these type of objects that are suitable for small instruments, it's very comprehensive and well written.
1: Hmm. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty cool. And this is uh, I think this is another book that is out of print now. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. So
0: it's it's out of print, but I think they printed lots of copies.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Because
0: it was really inexpensive. I feel like maybe it was $5 American or something. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. That's not too bad at all.
0: And I actually ordered it and I can't remember if, if I ordered it and then mentioned it on the podcast or, or rather I, I just happened to have it in transit and then, uh, I, uh, one of our listeners actually said, "Hey, you should you should get this book and read it." I'm like, "Yeah, it's actually it's coming tomorrow or something." Or I had read the first chapter by that point. Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit dated because I think the book is about 30 odd years old. I think it's from '87 or something. Um, and it looks like it was written on a typewriter, so there's some uh, pretty like obvious spelling errors and that sort of thing. And you know, the font looks like it's like Times New Roman from from a from a typewriter. Um, but uh, it's got pretty good astro images from the day, and it's got a lot of really great sketches. Okay. Um, yeah. So makes makes it a good read. And so between the observations and the sketches and breaking things down by object type, and talking about how to observe these specific objects, combined with truly like like excellent writing, I think the writing in it is is uh, very very good. Um, you just kind of have to be forgiving, uh, of the fact that I think the book predates, uh, really using computers the way that we do now to, to write books and catch, uh, missing words or obvious, uh, spelling errors and that sort of thing. Um, that, but other than that, it's, it's, it's an excellent, excellent book.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued. I think I'm going to try to track down a copy for myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or you can borrow mine.
1: Oh, Perfect. You sounds good Chris well um, I think we should probably wrap things up we're getting close to our limit here so do you have anything else to add sir I'm good all right well thank you Chris and thanks everybody for listening thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show if you are interested in more information would like to contact us or if you would like to support the podcast check out our website actualastronomy.com